How many of you know we don't always have control? How many of you are disappointed because you don't have control? Some of us get very anxious when we don't have control. But there's, there's meaning behind that sometimes in our life that God doesn't want you to have control because you're going to mess it up, get your hands off. You know, this ain't like baking bread in a kitchen. Sometimes he don't need you for that. Sometimes he just needs you to sit in his presence and let him tend to what he needs to tend to. Because we all need work done in our lives. Tommy, I still say that you've got a bug in my office, in my truck. That second song that was played, you're going to see how, I mean, all of these actually just fit right in here. But that second song actually had the verse. <laughs> so we know we write. I, I don't judge everything about it. Don't, don't get up. Don't get excited. Pastor, he got the right message by the song played. No, it's just some little quirk in my life that God knows I need. See, just because I walk in, pastor doesn't mean I got it together. You don't either. I want to talk to you this morning. And, and this is a good one. Man... I so need this. <laughs> so if y'all let me and the Holy Spirit talk this morning, we'll, we, he and I will have a conversation. And while he and I have a conversation, we'll let you listen in. Is that fair enough? Don't interrupt him. You interrupt him and I miss something, I'm throwing a stick at you. Something. I'll find something. I'll throw a rock at you. You got your Bibles, go to Philippians. Oh, Tommy didn't even ask me for scriptures this morning. Um, Philippians chapter 1, Tommy, you can go ahead and uh, <clears throat> go ahead and snatch 12 through 21. And I. Uh, I'm going to focus on the last of that, but I want to give you some, some other scripture in there. Oh, I forget Tommy's back. He's fast, super fast. All right, Philippians chapter 1. But I want you to know, brethren, see, he's already telling the church in Philippi, I, I, I want you to know, I don't, I don't want you to think or consider any of this about what I'm going to tell you, but I want you to know. So I don't want you to have any doubt in your mind. I want you to know. That the things which happened to me, and it's, it's better stated in the Greek, the things concerning me, okay, have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to those who, to the whole palace guard and to all the rest, that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord have become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife. Boy, underline that one, because that one, that's got something to say there. Some indeed preach Christ even from Envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. So he's basically saying that some are some are preaching it, okay, with with love and goodwill, and 
no, no emotions driving behind, and then there's others that are preaching Christ through strife and envy. The former, the former preach Christ from selfish ambition. Not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chain. He's, he's basically saying that some are preaching the gospel as to add more pain to me. Don't have a problem with what they're preaching because he's still saying they're preaching Christ. They got the right message, they just got the wrong motive. But the latter out of love, the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this, I rejoice. Yes. And he doesn't say, I rejoice again. He says, I re he basically saying, I, I rejoice now. And I will rejoice. No matter what's coming around the corner, no matter what takes place, no matter what's happening outside, I'm going to rejoice now. And I choose to rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer. And the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation. And hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. Also, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. You know, some of the ideology and the theology um, that's being preached and taught well within churches today, I believe to be causing some, some waning in the body of Christ because a lot of what is being preached and taught is that we pray to have God remove situations out of our lives. And that's not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing to pray. I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing to ask for. But what I am saying is this. That because we are preaching a a weighted, a weighted gospel, and what I mean by it, it's a a one side. It's it's weighted on one side. When when we're actually called to rightly divide the truth, see, I'm I'm to I'm to be able to look, not be able to do this, but but be willing to allow God and allow the Spirit to help me rightly divide, because. In and of myself, I'm going to mess it up, and and I've got to allow I've got to allow room for the gospel to be preached through through me, and the only way I do that is by removing me and fixing me and working on me, not poking you and pushing my finger on your forehead and putting my thumb in your neck. See if I can do it, if I can learn. 
to portray the gospel through my life, through my talk, through my action, does it really matter if God takes me out of my situation or not? It really doesn't matter when it comes to that. But what a lot of us fall to is when God doesn't remove a circumstance, we start considering maybe God's not listening. Miss Linda, maybe I've done something wrong and this is why all this is happening. Can I tell you that, that dark trials and tough seasons and big exams in your life aren't always because you've done something wrong? But see, when we preach this type of gospel that is one-sided or weighted heavily on one side, and we say, we pray and, and God will fix, God will part seas and he will move mountains, and yes, he will. But do you also consider scriptures like, and Jesus was led by the Spirit to the wilderness. And God led the Israelites by way of the wilderness. See, if we don't, if we don't preach that side, if I don't allow you to understand that just because God is leading does not necessarily mean you won't have to go through some valleys. When you come across that valley, now we've turned and now we're going to allow condemnation to set in on our lives. We will no longer move forward because now we think it's punishment. And we sit in circumstance and we do nothing except complain worry tell others about it don't y'all know misery loves company well if you want friends just talk to them about what's going on in your life that's not good because see if you you gotta be careful when you talk to people about the goodness of God in your life to those that aren't experiencing the goodness or can't see past the, they can't see the forest because of the trees. They don't really recognize the goodness of God in their life. But when you start talking to them about the goodness of God in your life and they're experiencing something they consider not good, they're turning you off. They're looking at you like, oh, you're just hoo-hoo. Aren't you just the holy one? Ain't God just got his favor on your life? Whoop-de-doo. But if you want people to enter in, talk about all the bad stuff's going on. Boy, people will gather around the table. They'll have coffee with you, John. They'll sip some tea with you, Pat. Y'all okay sitting in the living room this morning, aren't you? I figured if I tried to preach this one, there'd be a lot of tore up people walking out of here, and I'm not sure you wouldn't flatten my tires. So I just want to talk to you. But we, we, when we teach this, we set the Christian body up for weakness, not strength. Because when God doesn't show up and move a circumstance, is it because I was bad, now I'm going to take in the condemnation, or, or is God even listening? Does God really care? Is God even there? All right, I've got to do this because I've just got to make sure you're still with me and you're not thinking about a ball game today, Matthew. Don't worry. It, sitting back there doesn't get you out. It, sitting back there don't get you out of nothing. I'll find you. How many of you have ever said any of what I just said? Is God there? 
Does he even care? Am I being punished? Can I tell you it's not? That type of thinking, that type of mentality should be the, I almost said the furthest thing from your mind. That should be excluded from your thought process. Because God does care. God loved the world so much that he sent his only son. Boy, this is going to get good. He loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And the Bible went on to say, even while we were sinners, he died for us. So he didn't wait for our good behaviors to die. He died so that we could turn. So that we could now come back into a right standing. Don't miss Wednesday night. We're going to talk about righteousness on Wednesday night. You don't want to miss that either. But now Jesus died so that now we're turned back into right standing with God. And he done it, Dawn, while we were jacked up. The Bible explains even more that our best day we're still like filthy rags. So at our best day, we were still filthy rags, but yet he still chose to die. So he does care. Does it, did I make that point valid enough for you? So you can't now, now, you, you can't go, well, does God care? You, you can't, you cannot ask that question, not on a biblical foundational truth. So the next time you go to ask it, you just remember this. If I hear you, I'm going to correct you. Is God even there? David said, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I go to the highest mountaintop, you're there. Anywhere I go, you're there. God is omnipresent. God is always there, everywhere at one time. He said that he is, he was, and he will be. God, yes, he is there. You can't ask that question anymore. <laughs> Pastor, you take away my excuses. Exactly. Exactly. Because God... God's intention for us is to grow in Him. And, and I have to believe this, this goes along with us. If I'm going to grow in God then my relationship has no choice but to get better. You agree? If you, if you grow, if you grow in a relationship with someone, if you grow in that relationship, your relationship gets better. But if you don't grow in the relationship, you can't expect to have a good relationship. If you don't put time and effort into the relationship, the relationship will not further. Do you agree? I'm trying to turn this into a Wednesday so that you'll talk back to me. They, they had this one thing. See, I'm not, I'm not up to date. But as soon as I say this, some of the kids are going to know. Clap back. See, look. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Clapping back. If somebody says something, they do something. I mean, they just always, whatever. I just need to make sure you're alive and well this morning that you're listening. Because I'm t I promise you, if you can snatch some of this truth and put it in your repertoire, you'll be able to do something when the time comes. But you can't, you can't sit back and consider and live by this one-sided thing that we're hearing. There's, there's, probably, there's more ideology than there is theology when it comes to this praying that God takes everything from us. 
And Paul in Philippians is really representing this. He's showing us that no matter where we are and no matter what's going on in life, he's not even praying that God take him away from it. Paul takes this crisis and turns it into a classroom for the other apostles, for the guards, for other Christians. Did you hear what he was saying? I mean, it's, it's benefiting me that I am here in my chains because the furtherance of the gospel. Even the guards now. The ones that know who I am, they're now speaking the gospel with more boldness. So the benefit of what Paul is experiencing is for the kingdom. We're, we've gotten tied up that everything has to be about me. What I experience, what I go through, how I feel, everything in life has to be a benefit for me. And when it's not a benefit for me, Envy and strife and discord and bitterness and hatred. Come on, church. I told you I wasn't going to preach, but I'll start preaching. When it doesn't benefit me, I've got to find, I got to find somebody else. <laughs> I got to find, in the last days, they won't endure sound doctrine. They'll turn their little itchy ears. They, they, will, they will get teachers for themselves. Okay. Some of the effects of this type of teaching and preaching that we hear today. People are falling away from the faith when it doesn't happen. Well, God didn't heal me. If God didn't heal me, he don't love me, he don't care. There isn't a God, he's not even there, and out they go. Come on, and, and we're up. Oh, I'm, I'm really struggling to have people hate me. Because I'm tired of watching the kingdom implode. And nobody wants to take responsibility God has put us in a place. He's put us in a peculiar place. So that we can better his kingdom. So the challenges that we face. If we can learn to do as Paul will soon find. Instructs us to do. We will start seeing that the kingdom is being bettered. It's getting more gooder. It's causing people to increase in legalism because the teachings are pushing people towards... Oh, this, is, this was just... It's pushing people towards principles and not the person of Christ. I wasn't going to preach. Christ came and walked this earth so that you and I had an example to follow. He didn't bring rules and regulations with him. I'll make some people mad, but I don't care. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. With him doing that, he just brought a better covenant. If all my life I teach you your do's and your don'ts, how many of you can do them? 
Well, I don't see nobody raising their hand. And they ain't quick to raise a hand on this one, Mike. Why? Do I, need, do I need to turn Facebook and everything off so that y'all will open up and talk? Y'all don't want to be on television. See, it doesn't matter to me. Why, why can't we do the do's and the don'ts of the word? If, if that's all that's... The, if, if getting to heaven is just about doing the do's and the don'ts of this book, How many of you how many of you think you're going? Oh. So if I if I gauge you based on what you have done, what you're doing, and what you will do, based on this book, are you going to go to heaven? Because hey, now you gotta remember, because I'm lining you up according to this now. Now, I'm not, okay, a little side note. I'm not preaching against the word. I'm preaching the word. You just have to wait. Don't be judging me before I'm done. Because some of you are going, well, he's taking the Bible completely. No, I'm not. But if my salvation totally depends upon whether I can or cannot do, I have no chance. The Bible says that we're saved. How? <laughs> Thank you, John, for reading the Bible. <laughs> By grace, through faith. That's it. Here's a shocker. Some of you sinned yesterday. And if Jesus would have come back, would you have made it? Based on what you said, by grace through faith. Okay, does this mean? No, it doesn't. Because Paul said, now does this mean that you can go and sin? No. Of course not. Absolutely. This is not a ticket. This is not a permit. You, you can't go and live your stinking life however you want to live it and expect God's grace to cover because what you're doing now is abusing God's grace. You're trying to back God into a corner. And if you read Bible, God's never backed into a corner. He's never once sat back and wrung his hands trying to figure out the next play because it's fourth and two. I had to talk a little bit of football so people would still be awake. But we rely so much, churches, rely so much on preaching your do's and don'ts. And we weigh heavily there. We get backed into the corner with legalism because now it's, that's what it's all about. Now, I'm not, listen. No, you can't go and commit adultery and think it's okay. No, you cannot live a homosexual lifestyle and think it's okay. Play the cricket. When we're talking about living in the, in the life of sin, that means that we, we live in that life with no regard as to any ramification to that sin. You with me? So when people come and say, well, Rocky, can, can homosexuals be saved? Yeah, I can't open that can of worms. I've still got a stick on this message. Yes, they, they can be saved. Well, what if they go back home 
No, they can't continue to live that lifestyle. Okay? They cannot continue to live that lifestyle. How many of you were instantaneously changed when you asked Christ to forgive you? And I mean, I mean anything and everything, all your weaknesses. See, we got to understand, man, why am I going to this? We got to understand redemption because redemption is three-faceted. Redemption is this. Redemption is we were saved because Christ died for us before the foundations of the world. So we were saved. We are being saved. That means that is a daily, that is a minute by minute, day by day, week by week transformation. We are being saved. We will be saved. So how... Can we as a church, because listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit this. I, that, this ain't got nothing to do with it. I'm going to hit it. Because we as church, we have now gone and we've ridiculed so much and we've brought, we brought all the ugly sins, we brought all the noticeable sins to the front of the church. So now if that noticeable sin is not immediately fixed, there is no salvation. That is a lie. All right, I'll challenge you. I'm, I'm, I'm opening myself up. Hey, shut all the emails down. Don't let any emails come through. Some gospels that are being preached and taught are things like this. You drink a beer or you drink any alcohol, you're going to go to hell. You smoke a cigarette, you're going to go to hell. God forbid if you're rolling one. A left-hand cigarette. Right? Now, listen, these are the noticeable sins. No, I don't consider them a sin. It's not scriptural, guys. I'm just telling you, the Bible says you shall have no other God before me, okay? So anything that I take and put in front of God, that now becomes a God, that is a sin. So if I turn to smoking a cigarette to relieve my stress, now that has become a sin because that now has become my God. You follow me now? You're not so tight now, are you? If I turn to a drink of alcohol... Because I want to calm down because I had a rough day. Now, that drink of alcohol has become my God. That now has become a sin. Because I have put another God before him. You with me? Are y'all tracking with me okay? So anything else that is going on in the world. Or any other sins that are out there that people call sins. I wonder how many were immediately fixed. And I'm not saying this cannot happen because I've watched it. And I know that it can. But I'm telling you, as a child of God, your life is a continual work. I don't imagine God is sweating because of you, but he's probably sweating over you because some of you are just buck wild. And you've got him working like double time. He's going, Lord, I just cleaned this up. Yeah. So we have to be careful with what we pull out and what we want to approach. Homosexuality, yes, is a sin. And if you live in that lifestyle, that is a sin. And the Bible says, okay, now let's get, let's get them out of the way. Now let's talk about us. How about your lion? Is your lion a sin? The Bible says that lion is a sin, right? Shoot. The Bible went further and said there's no room in heaven for liars. 
Okay? So, okay, why are you lying? Boy, it gets real quiet because now people are going, have I said something to him that he knows that I lied about? And You worry about it, right? That's how I do it. Y'all just worry about it. You'll remember. That's the hard part about lying. You can't always remember. So there's some people that are very uneasy right now. One's leaving. I'm joking. Look, it's Wednesday. I just call it Wednesday. See, there's just sometimes we got to get up at the appropriate times. I love you. We have to get up at the appropriate times. I'm, I could do that with her, but she's fine. So with, are you with me? What, what about... Man, this has nothing to do with this message. I mean, I'm, I am way in left field. What about your, your, uh, your complaining and your, and your strife and all of that stuff, all of the, the envy? What, what about that? Why do you do that? And if God come right now, are you going to go to heaven? Well, I don't live a homosexual lifestyle, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Feel better about yourself now? <laughs> God, this is why I'm, I'm, I so much want you to understand the grace of God. It drives me absolutely nuts. Because God took a long time, Pat, to get your head right. So for him, that's living a homosexual lifestyle... That truly came to give his heart. He didn't come on music and smoke and mirrors and lights. He came drawn to God by the Spirit of God. He may not even have made it to the altar. Oh, oh be careful, religious one. He may have sat there and his spirit went and met God's spirit. Hand in hand, arm in arm, face to face. And he said, you know what, God? The lifestyle I'm in, it's wrong. And I know it's wrong and I want to change it and I need your help. And the Holy Spirit took him by the hand. And he says, okay, we're going to do this together. I'm going to walk you through it. See, what, what, what you don't understand and what, what, what we discard is that these people that are tied in sin, you can't expect them to be any other way than sinful. I mean, shoot, it's getting to the point now. I don't expect Christians to be anything other than sinful. Y'all don't want to hear none of that. I'm, I'm telling, this is all, well, maybe he's going to probably just tie us right back in. But this goes to what Paul was teaching. He said the gospel was being preached about Christ. Whether it was because somebody was envious of me. You got to understand that Paul was highly sought after. I mean, he was, he was the head cheese in charge, okay? So he was like the number one dude. And everybody else said, well, he's in chains now. Now I can get some mic time. This is what's going on. So out of their envy and out of their strife, they began preaching the gospel. Paul said, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me why they're preaching it or what brought them to preaching it. Are they preaching it? If Christ is being preached, I have no qualms. And he said, and for that, I'll rejoice. See, it's hard for us to understand that stuff, ain't it? Is your head spinning yet? Because that, for him to say, because if we see someone that is preaching the gospel or doing right according to the word, doing the gospel, well, they're only doing it because the pastor sees them. We'll be real quiet, but I'm going to come in your living room. 
only reason they said that is because, I don't know, you fill in the blank, the deacon heard it or the elder was there. Or you, you fill it in with all your religious antics or whatever. You know. I bet you if she wasn't standing there, he would have never said that. But instead, Paul said, he didn't even play into them. Did you see what he done? He said, because of my chains, Christ is still being preached. And I'm going to rejoice in it. What happened to the Christian people rejoicing in the work of the kingdom being accelerated, expanded? We, we want to hold, now we want to hold things up and go, well, <sighs> a little snooty self. If Christ is being preached, rejoice in it. While you're in your problem. It doesn't matter what people outside of your community circle click it doesn't matter what they're saying now is Christ being preached have the tides turned rejoice even in your persecution rejoice because if it weren't for your persecution maybe it would have never okay Y'all with me? I'm sorry to get off on that left side there for a minute, but you needed to hear it. The church is seeming to be more and more anchored in God changing things, <laughs> changing things around than changing us in the things. Because see, if we can see God change the situation or a circumstance, that boy, God. But if God's got us in a circumstance or a situation and he's trying to change us, he must not love me. He doesn't think of me. He doesn't care. He's not even there. Is there ever a God? See what happens when we, when we teach and preach unelevated gospel? I don't want you to think that just because God doesn't move a situation that he doesn't love you. I want you to think that he's probably not moving that situation because he does love you. How much time y'all going to give me today? We just started the beginning. I mean, I ain't even got to page two, and I think I've got like six pages. I heard you. You didn't even have to speak it. Matt said, Dallas plays at one. <laughs> Let me look at my clock. We're 20 to 12. Oh... Boy, the internet will go down hard today. So Paul, what Paul is telling us, reel it in. What Paul is telling is to rejoice. What if we are, what if what we are in is meant to reveal a greater level of who God is? If you weren't in what you were in, you would never see what you were meant to see. Maybe you could have never seen God any other way than be where you are right now. Anybody ever needed God to show up and he showed up right in the middle of? And if you wasn't in the middle of, you would have never experienced him at that level. Oh, well, too many times 
we, we think this. We, we think that because we are in the situation, all the things in our life have come to an end. <laughs> we, think it, we think everything's, oh man, oh, well, if it's, it's just over. We probably got two people in here that have said that. I'm sure there's more. I've got news for you today. Paul says that he who begun a good work in you, he will finish. See, God's good. God's goodness never fails. God is good. And whatever. This is why I told y'all Wednesday night, I think it was Wednesday or might have been last night, I want everything that happens to me to pass through my Father's hands. This is why I'm careful about opening the doors. And yes, it's Halloween, I'm going to speak about it. This is why I'm careful about opening up gates in my home. I told him Wednesday, don't come to my house with your costume and saying trick or treat. Because I'm probably going to, I'll pray for you. <laughs> Lay hands on you. <laughs> but listen, we... We want to set and open up these opportunities for the enemy to come into our homes and into our life and into our situations. See how, see how this one-way thing could get you in trouble? You've opened up something, okay? You've opened up something yourself because nobody told you. They told you that trunk or treat's okay. Tommy, we might as well shut down. Right there, everybody in the left of airways anyway. We say, well, it's just a kind. They're not dressed up like demons and goyles. I mean, after all. Oh, look, come on. My son, my son dressed up like the Holy Spirit. My son dressed up like the Holy Spirit. At a trunk of tree at a church. And I'm told it's okay. It's just another out. Bull, it's a lie. I wasn't supposed to preach. You want to know why some of the things you struggle with and you fight in your home. You're letting the enemy make his way in your home. Now, pastor, here, why you preach? Because I am. That's why. Because I'll preach against Santa Claus. I'll preach against the, 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 the ghouls and the goblins. I'll preach against the Easter bunny. It's all, a, you can't prove to me that it's true, so it is a lie, and we put it in the church. We've got Santa Claus sitting in churches. And not only just sitting in church, we're inviting the whole congregation. Come take a picture. And we want to know why we're struggling. Because you're living this fictitious, you're living this fantasy Christian life. And you expect everything to be just wonderful. And God said, how dare you? How do you, want, how do you want to put a fly in the ointment and use the ointment? We might as well get somebody in a witch's costume and come up here. Now you're taking it too far. No, I'm not. Just because you dressed it up pretty. Pull your chair out and sit down and talk. This is why we're having the issues. And if, if, if pastors, no, if preachers, because the Bible don't say pastor the word, it says preach the word. If preachers don't start dividing the word properly and preaching the word with some authority and with some type of conviction. And you want to know why your children are distraught. Why your children are dressing up like cats, 
going to school and peeing in a litter box. Are you kidding me? Man, the next time you go home, pull your pants down, see if you got a long furry tail. Make sure my emails are turned off. But Pastor, you don't, you don't understand. You don't get it. I don't get what? The peer pressure? I don't get what? To bend this or to bend that so I can have friends that don't want to do this? I don't, I don't care if you want to be my friend. Trust me. When God calls and punches my ticket, I promise you, you're not going to be holding my hand. Let's look at Paul's circumstance a little closer, shall we? Here Paul is in prison. In Rome. Now see, he was in prison in Philippi. And they would have released him. But he appealed. Because he wanted to go to Rome. Because he had a conviction to go to Rome. Because he wanted to get the gospel around the world. If he would have just stayed... See, this... This is half of... Half of us Christians will do this. Oh, well, if you'll release me, I just won't do it anywhere else. I'll do it right here. Paul said, no, no, release me. I want to go to Rome. He said, I got a Rome citizenship. (laughs) See, most of us would have said, oh, I ain't got that citizenship. Keep that that card tucked away because I don't want them to send me there. And Paul's going, no, I'm a citizen of Rome. I want to go. That's where they need to try me. And daggone it. Boy, didn't he move from from one bad thing to a great thing? Didn't he just have, wasn't it just roses? Wasn't life just so good for him? No, because now he was in prison there. Y'all got to know about prisons back then too. See, it ain't like today. You don't get crunchy peanut butter just because you wanted crunchy peanut butter. Y'all don't remember when that happened? I mean, the dude... That's why you got crunchy peanut butter in prisons now because the dude said, I want crunchy peanut butter. Cable, I mean, you got cable televisions, three solids, heat, air, crunchy peanut butter. There are going to be boys joining you today watching cable television. Be watching the, be watching the Cowboys game in prison. Boy, life really went bad for them. I'm not, I'm not wishing to, listen, let me stop there. Because I, I, don't, I don't wish any more on anybody else that does something wrong than God has wished on me. God's hope for me is that I came to the knowledge. That's my hope for them. If you've done something wrong, you pay a price. There's ramifications for your action. We need to think about it. And I think, well, never mind. I'm not going to get into that. But I should. There should be stiffer penalties. This thing of it's okay to loot. No, it's not okay to loot. And if I catch you looting, it, I'm going to break a leg probably and take you downtown myself. I hope I find a person broke the van out of my, uh, broke the windows out of my van. He might have a little... Come to Jesus meeting. And we wonder what's wrong. Lawlessness is a sin. This world is eat up with it. That's not, I did, the Bible said that lawlessness was a sin. That's not me. And we're just letting everything just happen. Anyway, 
I told y'all it's going to be a rough morning. It's going to be good, though. Paul now is in Rome, imprisoned. Now, Charlie, he's not just sitting in prison now. Now he is handcuffed to a man in prison. And I seen this this morning. I went, whoa, man, that is so good, God. That was so good. Because Paul is saying to live is Christ, to die is gain. So there was a one hand, it's this. On another hand, it's this. Paul, see, you got to watch this stuff, man. I'm telling you, this is so good. Paul is handcuffed, chained to a prisoner or to a, a prison guard. In one hand, he's bound. But in the other hand, he writes the letter. You, I'm telling you, God works this stuff out. He, you couldn't do it like it. In one hand, it's one thing. In another hand, it's another. To live is Christ. To die is the gain. Paul said, I don't care. Bound me here. I'll write here. I can see him now if he wasn't, what do they call that? Am, am what? Yeah, it's too big of a word. When you can write with your right hand or your left hand, maybe Paul was like that. Maybe what? Maybe he said, hey, you need to go on the right hand so I can write with my left. Or maybe, I don't know. He might have convinced him to do it. But anyway, see, so we can't say, well, Paul doesn't understand. Yes, Paul can understand. Paul is in a place in his life that Paul now will no longer see the light of day. Paul will die here. This is where Paul was crucified. In Rome. He's done. Right here. So to say that Paul must have been crazy or out of his mind, he's saying rejoice. Rejoice. He said, if I can do it, you can do it. Rejoice that Christ is being preached. So you need to rejoice in your thing that Christ is being, that Christ is being seen. How do people see you act and react now in the circumstance, in the situation? Oh, boy, that's a, that's a God I want to serve, the one that makes me, oh. But isn't this what we display? Man, there's nothing more agitating than for me to see a Christian walk with their lip dragging so close to the ground that they trip over it. Christ is saying rejoice. See, if you live, it's Christ. If you die, it's your gain. <laughs> anyway. So we can't say, but pastor, we don't understand. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to hurt you until 2. 145. Sometimes the circumstances is used Oh, is used for us to find out something about God that we wouldn't have found out any other way. But also, we need to understand this. Test and stuff that we go into is never meant for God to find out what we're made of. The Bible says that God knows our heart better than we know our own. He already knows what's in it. He's got the hairs counted on your head. The test that he just put you in or the test that he allowed you to enter in wasn't for him to figure out whether you could handle it or not. It was for you to figure out whether you were who you said you were or not. Have you ever been in the middle of a test? Mr. and Miss Know-it-all, you paying attention? Get inside of a test? Dude, I've had to do it with construction. Well, I spun my head. Man, oh, I know it. I know it. I've got it. I know it. I know it. And I get there, and they, they move this word to the end of the sentence instead of the middle, and I just went, what happened? Boy, I thought I knew that. See, we don't know as much as we think we know until we're put in a situation to where what we do know has to come unveiled. Mr. and Mrs. Know-it-all. Don't you love being in control? You got it all together? All right. I'm going to try to, I'm gonna, let me try to close. I mean, this is just so good. I could talk about this for about three hours, I think, because we ain't even went back to the scripture yet that I wanted to go into.
Start trusting the one that controls your life. Stop trying to trust yourself. You don't control it. Oh, yes, I did. No, you don't. You think you got it in control? I think I got it in control at the house. I got it in control at my house. Until I say something stupid and everything goes out the window and I lost control of it all. Now she won't even fix me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But I had it under control, didn't I? We don't control nothing. We can't even control our tongue, as small as it is. And we think we got life controlled. Really? I just be so much more. <laughs> if I drop you off right there, are you going to just go out scratching your head or are you going to be okay? Because if you're not going to be okay, I'm finishing. I don't want to drop you on your head, but. No matter where you are in life, and no matter what you're having to tend to, don't raise your head and say, is there even a God? Or does he care? Or does he even hear me? Does he even know what I'm going? The answer is yes, 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 and yes. Absolutely he cares. Absolutely he loves. Absolutely he's there. But consider, one scripture, one scripture tells us to consider Christ and all that he went through. Consider him when we have to make decisions and do things in our life. Consider Christ because Christ went through a lot. He actually said that he, he went for the hope that was set before him. That was me and you. Do you know that Jesus saw you on the way? <laughs> See, my mind thinking, I'm, I'm just thinking he saw me right beside the cobblestone street, John, when he walked by and looked me in the eye. See, I just, I, I think of things like that. Because, see, we, your little mind won't accept things like that. I, I do. I just, I'm going, man, did he should probably seen, he looked in my eye on the way to the cross. Because I, I, was, I was all of that. That was the whole reason I went. I said it one time like this, that when, when he said that it, my God, my God, why is thou for say? And when he went through all of his seven sayings or whatever they come up with on the cross and, and he said it's finished, I believe that when Jesus let out a scream, that he said all of our names at one time. And I bet you it made the beautiful sound. See, this is just how I think. I'm not saying that scripture. I'm not saying this. I'm just telling you how I think. Look, this is it. God give me an imagination, Miss Linda, so that, so that he could blow my mind because he said that we serve a God that can do above and beyond all that we could ever think or imagine. So he give me this crazy imagination and he said, here, Rocky, watch this. I still blow your mind and I'm going, yeah, purple head all the time. But man, if we could learn to rejoice in the issues that we walk in, whether it was self-inflicted, whether it was brought on by others, or whether it was God's intentional purpose, if we can rejoice in it, God said that he will finish what he started in you. You have to believe that. So before you consider your problem a problem, a crisis, Think of it this way. Your crisis is now your classroom. Maybe you can look at it differently. Now, now you're listening in class. Now you're taking notes. Because you... Okay, I'm dropping you off. Baby with the bad water. <laughs> I'm just dropping you off. 
please consider what it is that you deal with and what you go through in life. That man, if, if God can take what was meant for evil and turn it to good, and if God will complete what he started, and if God is in control of our lives, then we have to understand that nothing is going to come back to him null and void. It comes back to him exactly like he sent it out. If he puts you out there to express the gospel of his kingdom, if you will just bear your feet and hang on, God's word will come to pass through you. Won't it be an awesome time to know that, man, when you sit in the crisis, when you sit in the prison of your life, and God sits down and he tucks you by the sea, when, when we all get to heaven, what a day, a glorious day. That I, I want to see heaven here <laughs> right now. But when he goes by, he says, you remember that time that you just refused, that you, you fell in love with me? And you said, no matter what, God, if they're using my name in vain, at least they're not using yours. God, if they're preaching Christ, at least Christ is being preached. Whether they're doing it out to hurt me or to hinder me, that doesn't matter. As long as Christ is being preached and Christ, the gospel, is reaching this world, it doesn't matter. And he, he'd look at me and say, you remember when I, look, it happened. Just like I told you it would happen. And because you, you were steadfast. And you trusted me. Here we are. Don't turn away. Because it don't go your way. Keep your head lifted up. Throw your shoulders back. Put on some armor. Put on your armor. And go fight a battle. You all right? I'm, I'm letting you go, I promise. I'm letting you go. You ready? I'm going to pray right now. By, by Facebook, by YouTube.